0: This is Christian Watson you're listening to Undercover Ops What is up, everybody? The waiver wires have cleared in some of your home leagues. They're about to clear in the Scott Fishbowl. They're going to clear tonight in the FFWC and all those big high stakes leagues. And you've probably already made your claims. You've probably already got that set up. And if you don't, you're probably a little bit behind the eight ball. But I really don't give a shit because the waiver wire is a little bit overrated. No, it, 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 it's extremely overrated, and I'm going to tell you exactly why here tonight. We talked about it last week. We talked about these players before they ever hit, and we're going to continue to talk about these guys before they hit because we look at usages, we look at important trends, we look at good players, and we focus on the key details, and sometimes even if someone has a bad game, you can look between the lines and see why they had a bad game or, or what is on the other end and, and what possibly could happen. And, and it, we'll start out quickly before I jump into the, the breakdowns of every team with the Niners and the Bears game. If you're in a league, this is the, this is the number one rule this week. Matt's talked about it already. The number one rule is if anybody drops any of these players that had bad weeks, the Trey Lances, the, uh, I just made a trade. I just made a trade Allen Robinson in a, uh, a seasonal league Allen Robinson for Darnell Mooney, because Darnell Mooney put up a zero and Allen Robinson caught a pass. And this guy offered me Darnell Mooney for Allen Robinson. I'm taking, I'll take Darnell Mooney for Allen Robinson straight. That's, that's totally, totally fine with me. I'm less worried about uh, Mooney than I am with Robinson. So the point more so is if anybody drops the Trey Lances, if anybody drops the Cole commits, if anybody trades you garbage for Darnell Mooney, do it. If anybody uh, wants to make these moves just because of a, a bad weather game or, um, you know, a a, a a bad split share or or Edmonds. Edmonds gets unlucky, or ETN. ETN drops a couple touchdowns and has some opportunities. Like he's going to get run. Yes, we didn't expect fifty percent from James Robinson in week one, but guys like this overreaction week one is the biggest week of the season. So make sure to take advantage of that in your leagues, um, especially with guys that aren't paying attention. If you're in a league, a home league, especially with a ton of guys in the waiver uh, waiver wire and, and a ton of owners that really just don't pay a lot of attention, you can take advantage of those trends that uh, they're like, oh, this guy gave me zero. Yeah, I want to get rid of him. He fucking sucks. Go make that move. Go make it now and go do it. Um, but we're going to start out today talking – Team by team down. Why? And it's the title of the show with seven players you need to watch going into week two, because I don't really care about the waiver wire this week. I went through, you know, we talked about the Jalen Warrens of the world, the Jeff Wilsons, but Jeff Wilson, I think is only going to last as long as he always does. What's that one or two games? Uh, one of the most injury-prone running backs in the NFL. They just signed Marlon Mack. Terry and Davis Price is there. Shit, I don't know. They could go get. They could go bring Trey Sermon back for all I give a shit. I, I really want to stay away from this backfield. The only guy that made me want to stay with the backfield was Elijah Mitchell, and that's if Elijah Mitchell's healthy. We've seen year after year after after year, after year after year after year after year. Kyle Shanahan doesn't really care if it's. I mean, Elijah Mitchell's been the one guy, and and Devonta Freeman have been the two guys that he's fully given them a, a full workload. And that was 2014 Devonta Freeman. That was his last year with Elijah Mitchell. Looked like he was getting another 80% this year. Injury happens. Good luck. Give me the cheapest option. Cheapest option right now is Marlon Mack. So if you're going to go get him, add him in your deep leagues uh, for free. Just just throw him on there. He's on the practice squad right now for San Fran, but we can see him get elevated uh, day before the game if he looks up to speed. He beat out uh, Tevin Coleman, Devonta Freeman, Abram Smith, Uh, Just a bunch of duds uh, in their workout that they had yesterday. So Marlon Mack made the roster for San Francisco. He's in the practice squad right now. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm not not really in on Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason uh, looks like they're going to use Debo. Debo's probably going to be the guy that's uh, wide back. He's going to be used outside the tackles. They're going to probably use Jordan Mason inside the tackles. I mean, there's a reason uh, Tyrion Davis Price was not active last weekend. It's because he doesn't bring a lot to special teams game where Jordan Mason does. Jordan Mason's also a bigger back, 230 pounds. Georgia Tech runs a 4-7. Plug him in between the tackles. Again, though, I don't know <clears throat> how long that's going to last uh, because Jordan Mason is not an elite uh, tackle breaker. He's not an elite rusher. He's a solid rusher. It's about it's about what you're going to get out of Jordan Mason. Let's start in Arizona. Arizona, James Conner gets a 69% snap share. Clear as day. He's going to be the number one guy. Eno Benjamin is the only running back that slots in behind him. Now, at the wide receiver position, listen, under kravops last week, we talked about Greg motherfucking Dorch. Greg Dorch, I said to Adam in your deepest leagues, I said, you can go re-ad him. It's time to re-ad him. I did not see – I mean, I think I was probably one of the only people talking about Greg Dorch coming into last week. I did not see nine targets leading the Arizona Cardinals in week one, even with Rondell out. I definitely thought, like everybody else, Hollywood Brown would be the the kind of Easy one to target here. Also, A.J. Green, I thought he'd get a little bit more work, only four targets and a 70% share. But Greg Dortch filled in right where Rondell was, 88% snap share and nine targets, seven for 63. you got to love that. It's also got to be positive for Rondell Moore. When Rondell Moore does come back, he's going to slot right into that Greg Dortch role. I also think this is also – if Rondell's out four or six weeks – Greg Dorch is is carving out a a goddamn role. Like this is pretty clear as day that they like Dorch. He's he's a great route runner. I've talked about this on Twitter for probably the last year and a half. Once he got cut and he kind of rumbled around from the jets and then he was a free agent he went to the Falcons for a little bit. Now he's in Arizona He's been working out with the Quest Watkins. He's been working out with uh, the the Demir Birds of the world, the off season out there in Atlanta. So um, Dorch is still younger than Valus Jones. I'm going to keep saying this every single, every single show he's 24 years old, 24 and a half uh, ran the second most routes on the Arizona Cardinals in week one. And I think as long as Hopkins is out and Rondell's banged up, you can trust Greg Dorch to get you these targets. Cause I didn't see nine coming. I saw four or five in week one. I didn't see nine. I saw, Marquise Brown and, and AJ getting double digits and AJ uh, was pretty dusty. So trust Greg Dortch into Atlanta. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Cordero Patterson is should be consist, considered a top 12 to 15 running back, peer running back. Cordero Patterson, you know, of, of, the, of yesteryear, kick returner, hybrid guy, he molded his game this summer. Week one was an entirely new Cordero Patterson. This offense in Atlanta is focused uh, on running the football, and they're going to run the ball with Marcus Mariota. They're going to run the ball with Cordero Patterson. 34 carries between the two guys in week one, uh, 33 pass attempts for Mariota in week one. If you look at just – I'm going to bring up the stat line that I found yesterday comparing – people want to write off the the Cordero Patterson upside because he's 32 years old. I'm not buying it. When you break down what – Patterson looks like as far as in comparison to what Henry looked like in Tennessee when Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. So Cordero Patterson is entering his 10th season in the NFL this year. He's currently 31 and a half years old and through 10 years, he has 846 career touches, 320 carries. 268 receptions and 258 returns. That's 846 career touches through 10 seasons. We know he's a hyper athlete. We know he's got the burst. We know he's got the speed, and he still looks like he has that. Now, if you compare that to Derrick Henry, who notoriously had a lot of tread on the tires, and that's why he's been able to last so long in the NFL and his running back, entering 2020, which is the year he had 2,000 rushing yards just two years ago, entering 2020, that was through four seasons. So he played four years in the NFL and he already had 861 touches through four years. Cordero is just at that mark right now. He's not even at 861 yet. He's at 846 in comparison. So that was 26 and a half years old for Derrick Henry. So I think you have to look at these things a little differently because first off, Derrick Henry, all those touches, 804 of them came as carries. Where if you look at Cordero Patterson, only 320 came from carries 268 as receptions and 258 as returns. Those are entirely different, um, you know, place, right. Returns you think are very violent, but how many times did Cordero return the, the ball all the way and score touchdowns, uh, double digits. I think it's like 11 or 12. How many times did he run the ball out of bounds? How many times did he, uh, there's just multiple ways. He doesn't get hit on the majority of those returns. He doesn't get tackled like Derrick Henry gets tackled. in On the receiving game, he doesn't get tackled the way Derrick Henry got tackled. And the rushing, he's only got 320 carries. So he's still got a ton of tread on those tires if you want to compare it that way because by the time he hit this exact stage, this is what I'm getting at, is he's hitting – where Derrick Henry hit his peak. So I think we can still trust Cordero Patterson in 2022. And if you want to look at the age model, t- 31 years old, I'm not saying Cordero is going to go for 1,600 yards on the ground, but we have seen it. Curtis Martin, almost 1,741 receptions at age 31, and Tiki Barber, over 1,658 receptions at age 31. Again, I'm not saying Cordero is going to have 1,640, but Cordero Patterson is the feature of this offense. Him and Mariota, this team's going to go not very far. They're going to be in every single game, but they're going to – They're not going to win any. They're they're going to win a couple, right? They're going to win three, four games. They're just going to be in every single game. Patterson's usage, uh, 60.5% snap share, um, 22 carries, 120 yards. You want to compare that to Derrick Henry with Arthur Smith in 2019 and 2020. Henry only had one game over 80% snap share. 18 of Derrick Henry's 31 games in those two seasons were under 70% snap share. So Patterson's snap share, 61%. It's right in that realm. 19 of 31 games for Derrick Henry in that same span over 20 carries cordero patterson 22 carries they're using him it's it's the fucking rule and he can catch the ball 10 routes five targets three receptions you have to you have to trust cordero patterson you can't not and the only other guy that really mattered in this game at the running back position was avery williams avery williams is one of my guys one of the seven that you need to pay attention to because damian williams went out with an injury in this game tyler elgier was inactive avery williams is a converted cornerback from boise state playing running back. He's got the burst. He's playing special teams punt returner. He's in the slot. He's in the satellite. He's eating carries. Avery Williams has been on 26% of off- offensive snaps for the Atlanta Falcons, and he looks to be the satellite back next to Cordero Patterson. I'd like to see this week if Damian does play, what happens, or if they activate Algier if he does not play. That's all I'm really worried about in Atlanta right now. Pitts and London are the top two dogs, seven targets apiece. Parker Hesse did get 60% of snaps. He's the number two tight end, but he only had two targets. They didn't really mean shit. Olamide Zacchaeus is an interesting guy for DFS. Uh, If you can add drop in best ball, Olamide Zacchaeus is a guy I'd like to add. Four for 49 on four targets. He had a... 40, 40-yard 40 touchdown. That was a clear as day touchdown. Mariota had him. And as he got to the five-yard line, the defender grabbed his jersey and just yanked him. And it was a PI call, got the ball in on the one-yard line. And then there was a 60-yard uh reception as well that had a hold on it that Olambade should have had as well. So he had a lot of opportunity there um, that that just didn't, that it didn't come to fruition. But they're going to use Olambade down the field. So I think you can continue to target him. But Let's take a look at Player Profiler Edge. You can get the best lines available on props, totals, and game lines over at Player Profiler Edge. That's a new tool on playerprofiler.com. So make sure you go check it out in the Edge department at the top of the screen on Player Profiler. And after you go over there, then you go over to Underdog Fantasy, use the promo code Underworld, deposit match bonus up to $100. They now offer Pick them insurance. So if you have four picks and you're super confident in four, but you don't maybe want to risk betting all four and getting all four right, you can get the insurance. You can take a little less of a, a payout. But if you get three right, you still cash. So, a little less risk for you. Get the pick 'em insurance on Underdog Fantasy, the promo code underworld. And like I said, you go over to Edge, you can get the value props. Then you go to the DFS Dominator, you can get our pick 'ems. You can combine the two and you just start raking in the dough. Start raking in the dough. Go over to Play Profiler Edge, take advantage, and then go to UnderdogFantasy.com, use that promo code underworld. World. All right, back to the stats in Baltimore. Only a few things I'm looking at here. Kenya Drake got the 55% lion's share per se. Looks like Dobbins might be out a few more weeks. After that, it's Mike Davis, 16%, six routes, no receptions. After that, Justice Hill, 12% and two targets. And then down after Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, and Devin DuVernay, it's Isaiah Likely and Demarcus Robinson, like we talked about. Robinson was in for 15 routes, likely 17. Four targets for Likely, no catches. Three targets for Demarcus Robinson, two catches, 19 yards. Not a lot there. I'm still stashing Isaiah Likely. That's a rookie with 44% and four targets. He's going to continue to get that that usage. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you shouldn't have been on Likely." No, no, no. He was he was in for 44% and he ran 17 routes and he had four fucking targets. Like that's still important. That's the same amount of targets as Duvernay. Duvernay just happened to catch two touchdowns, so everyone's chasing that. Likely's. The motherfucking dude. And if anything happens to Andrews, you know how important the tight end position is. So I like likely a standalone value in leagues if you're deep enough, if you're holding multiple tight ends. If you're in a 16-round league, a 16-roster size league, you're probably not going to be holding a second tight end unless you're deep down there into the Njokus. And at that point, you're going to want to grab somebody more like Hurst or Everett or someone like that that's available. You're going to know you're going to get that, that usage right now. Deeper leagues for Isaiah Likely. DeMarcus Robinson, keep an eye on him. That's your number two guy. Keep an eye on DeMarcus Robinson because he he looks good. He ran 15 routes. He, like I said, we talked about this last week. He came in off the street, and he already outpaced Talon Wallace. James Prochet's not playing. Um, so it's Bateman, it's Duvernay, and it's actually DeMarcus Robinson as the number three wide receiver, not the number three option. Buffalo. Don't really give a shit a lot about anything in this offense right now. Singletary, 54%. Zach Moss, 38%. There was a fumble from James Cook. Keep an eye on that. Zach Moss becomes interesting because he had six targets in that game and ran 14 routes, three less than Devin Singletary. Moss is interesting. Uh, he doesn't quite hit the cut as the number, you know, as a, as a top seven guy to watch. Um, but if you do need some points, I mean, Moss is on almost every waiver wire. Or so uh, or every wire. So go out there and, and do what you got to do. Moving on to Carolina Panthers. It's Christian McCaffrey. It's DJ Moore. McCaffrey didn't do a lot. He's just getting warmed back up. You know, he had, to, he had, he had, he had the, the cut on his on his shin last week. DJ Moore, 96%. The only player in the offense hitting 96% was Robbie Anderson. 27 routes for DJ, 28 for Robbie Anderson. Five for 102 yards and a tuggy for Robbie Anderson. It's all right. We still trust the process with DJ Moore, but Robbie Anderson is doing the damn thing as he should be. The number three in this offense is not Terrace Marshall. It's not LaVisca Chenault. It's not Ian Thomas. It's not Tommy Tremble. It's Shy Smith. They wanted him to be the number four. He's the number three. 37 snaps, 74%, which is number three, or number technically number two on the team behind uh, Robbie and DJ, at number one, one for 12. Shy Smith, though, 74% snaps. He was in there as the number three wide receiver. Uh, that's my number three guy to watch. Obviously, I love Shy Smith. Robbie's dealt with injuries before. DJ, I think, is going to be the key guy in this offense. Robbie's going to catch a big ball here and there, but he's going to be a tougher one to start and start sit leagues. Moving on to Chicago. Obviously, Cole Komet, we talked about this a minute ago. Cole Komet, zero points. Darnell Mooney didn't do a damn thing either. Um, you just got to trust the process with these guys. I, I'm still there on Cole Komet. This This game situation was horrible in Chicago. The weather was absolutely abysmal. There was uh, like 17, I think there was like 17 different lakes um, with their own beaches uh, on Soldier's Field on Sunday. So it's very interesting. Uh, Hayden Winks had a chart he came out with. Herbert was in every third drive. So it was Montgomery, Montgomery, Herbert. Montgomery Montgomery Herbert that's how the, the Chicago Bears dealt with that during week 1 Montgomery was in for 60% of the snaps and Khalil Herbert for 25% so you continue to trust David Montgomery he looked very healthy he looked very good making cuts on that field so hopefully get him some dry activity and he'll be good and then maybe I can I can uh, give Matt a break for taking Montgomery over Antonio Gibson in our FFWC main event Let's move on to Cincinnati. we got a big injury. T Higgins probably going to miss week two, potentially week three. I would bet mostly just likely on week two, though, with a concussion. You can never tell. Uh, Hayden Hurst looks like the next guy in line overall for targets. It's Chase, it's Boyd, and then it'd be Hurst. Hurst had seven targets last week, three more than Boyd, five for 46. This was a guy I was adding in the 16th, 17th round in all underdog rosters, added him a few times in the FFWC. If you need help at at tight end this week, if you had – uh, in Joku, if you had anybody that dropped zeros, make sure you grab Hayden Hurst. I think, I think Hayden Hurst is probably a 5%, 6% bid if you haven't already had waivers clear. And at wide receiver, number four guy to keep your eye on is Mike Thomas. Not not, not Michael Thomas, but Mike Thomas in Cincinnati. If this injury uh, does prolong with T. Higgins, if this is a, a, a serious concussion of, of any time, Mike Thomas was in for 68 snaps, 72%. Uh, that's number three at the wide receiver position but t- behind Chase and Boyd Mike Thomas, eight slot routes, 43 total routes. He was not targeted, or nor did he have a reception. I'm just saying keep an eye on him. I'm not saying to fucking add the guy. Uh, but he he's in this offense, he's out playing Stanley Morgan, and there ain't nobody after that. So it's Hayden Hurst. I think that's the only guy you need to worry about. But keep an eyeball like a like a keep like a tweaker eyeball to the right on Mike Thomas. That's all I'm saying. We move on to Cleveland. I said to go get Demetric Felton in the past. Drop his ass. Drop his ass. We we read this this blurb from a few weeks ago from a Cleveland beat writer. And that guy didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He said that Demetrius Felton's going to line up in the slot week one. He needs to probably not have a job in the reporting uh, community as a guy that's going to help us do anything in fantasy because Demetrius Felton didn't do Dick. I, I had some confidence in Demetrius Felton. He was in for 12%. He went, he ran one route, one route, Not happy about this one. Not happy about this Dimitri Felton situation, but it is what it is. He gave us uh, dual opportunities in some of the formats where you can play him at running back slash receiver. That now looks like that's out the window because he's not going to get any runs. So he's probably going to be just continuing to be a special teams guy, and that's going to be about it. At the receiver position, though, DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, the number one dude here, 11 targets, 6 for 60. Amari Cooper, 6 targets, 77%. So Donovan Peoples-Jones had 10% more uh, snaps then amari cooper and david and did get 85 percent despite his one target but the other thing in cleveland that we did mention last week was harrison bryant i told you harrison bryant would be the conklin to this offense is you know Njoku is the rudolph uh, this is a this is a stefanski analogy with the vikings it was rudolph and it was conklin and, and rudolph would have like these games where he kind of did this and then conklin would have four or five six receptions conklin is harrison bryant harrison bryant's a deep guy uh in dynasty that you should have added i remember I think I, in the in my memory, I just had this one show with Curtis Patrick and the Podfather, where Curtis Patrick three years ago said, "You know, hurry, hurry. I, I trust Harrison Bryant." It was like a Cole combat Harrison Bryant conversation, and I still trust Harrison Bryant. Do I trust him more than Njoku on a consistency basis? Yes, he's going to be in there for thirty percent less snaps, but from a consistency perspective, they're going to throw him the ball when he's in. It's just the way it is. He's he's a he's a good target. Four targets, two for eighteen. They're not going to be where well, you are going to get a lot of points from it. But it's a dynasty guy. You are going to add him in dynasty. David Bell, the rookie, 35%. Nah, not bad, not bad. All right, let's move on to Sleeper. Sleeper Fantasy used that promo code UNDERWORLD for a deposit match up to $100. They just added pickems this year as well as squads. pick and squads, Pickems just like underdog pickems. You can find uh, the best values on Player Profiler Edge on playerprofiler.com, top right corner, click Edge, do the damn thing. They also added squads. You can bet and compete against your own league mates. The interface is 10 times better than any other platform in fantasy right now. There's a reason I put 80% of my leagues there this year. I transferred them all from a number of other sites that you all know that suck. And now we're on sleeper. And that's just the way it is. It's the way to be. It's the only place to play fantasy in 2022 and beyond. It's just that much easier. So just keep doing it. Go over to sleeperfantasy.com and use that promo code Underworld for deposit match on pick'ems and squads. Let's move on to Dallas where we got a big Dak Prescott injury. Dalton Schultz uh, probably going to be the tight end number two in fantasy this year. And let's move on to Detroit. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. I tweeted out on Saturday or Sunday that I thought Jamal Williams was one of the guys that was going to nip the upside for a player uh, in fantasy in week one. And I got a couple of hate messages back. It was like, oh, yeah, Jamal Williams is really going to cut some hate, isn't it? Or cut some some upside for, for DeAndre Swift, isn't he? I was like... Uh, yeah, because uh, when you get 11 rush attempts and two targets and you score, that limits the upside for the number one guy on that offense. Because look at it, 61% for DeAndre Swift. Yes, I know that's good. In comparison, I know last year Jamal did a lot more week one. But if you look at it, in the grand scheme, DeAndre Swift is never going to hit the Christian McCaffrey ceiling that a lot of people are saying, well, Swift can be the number one. Yeah, He can. He can. But he won't be in this offense with this style. When they have Jamal Williams out there for 30% and he's getting 11 carries and Swift is getting 15, yes, it keeps the efficiency up. This is exactly why I like Gibson because he's going to get uh, the opportunities like this. But I never said Gibson was going to be the number one overall in fantasy where people are talking about that with Swift. Swift had 15 carries, a buck 44, three targets, three for 31. Awesome. 18 touches. Awesome. 140 yards. Awesome. Scored. Awesome not going to make you the number one running back in fantasy football is he going to make you a value where you went off in the round two it's going to be close probably you're going to be a top five guy you probably had that that upside for top five but when there's another guy in the backfield that is a very good running back that could play uh you know 60 on a lot of rosters in the nfl jamal williams is going to just be that just just enough annoying where you're not going to be able to play uh not going to be able to play You're not going to be able to trust Swift being the number one overall player. And that's all I meant by saying he's going to limit his ceiling. That's exactly the way it is. It's pretty straightforward, pretty obvious. I didn't think it needed to have much explanation, but some guy on Twitter decided to be a hack and comment back and try to talk some shit. But let's move on. To another team in the NFC North that got dusted on Sunday, and that would be the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones, 61%. A.J. Dillon, 45%. Dillon looked like the better back on Sunday. It looked like they are going to keep featuring him. Six targets for A.J. Dillon, five for Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones probably needs to be used a little bit more in this offense if the Packers expect to win. There just truthfully isn't enough uh, trust. There isn't enough talent. There isn't enough uh, upside on the outside other than Christian Watson. Sammy Watkins looks dusty as hell. Randall Cobb. Dusty as hell. Romeo Dubs made a few catches. I will respect that. Five targets, four catches, 37 yards. But his A dot was like four and a half. So I don't really care about Romeo Dubs. Still, he's going to get an opportunity because Watkins and Cobb look like hell. Um, but Christian Watson, again, started in two wide sets. It was Watkins. It was Watson. Watson, obviously the first play of the game, they drew that play up for him. We talked about this, and we talked about this, and we talked about this. All preseason, while well, Watson was injured, Dobbs was playing, Torre was playing, Juwan Winfrey was playing, and all you heard from Rogers was bitching and complaining because these receivers couldn't catch the ball, they couldn't run the routes, they couldn't do this, they couldn't do that. And then Watson comes back, and all we heard from Rogers was positivity, First play of the game, drew up for Christian Watson. Watson's a much better receiver than Romeo Dobbs. You all knew that. You've been trailing since Undercovered Prospects. You've been trailing since the Senior Bowl. You already knew this. I told you this. Um, And that's that's why Christian Watson is going to be the intro to this episode right now on the podcast. So if you're not listening to the podcast version, Spotify, Apple, drop a review, give us five stars, talk some shit about Romeo Dobbs in there, and I might give away uh, one of these hats right here. The only way you can get this hat right now is if you follow patreon.com forward slash Carpentier NFL, there's a tier in there where you get this hat. I'm going to give one more away. If I get a couple people to review this podcast on Apple or on Spotify and talk some shit about Romeo Dobbs, I'm I'm going to throw you a hat. I'm going to throw you a hat, so go do it. Christian Watson, though, 67%. 42 snaps, the most on the Green Bay Packers, more than Aaron Jones, more than Randall Cobb, more than Romeo Dobbs, 27 routes. More than everybody on the team, more than Dobbs, Cobb, and Jones. Christian, motherfucking Watson. And there's a reason. That first play of the game, 75 yards, that would have been the absolute nuts. I stood up in this house. I jumped off the couch, and I was screaming. I'm a Viking fan. I'm a fucking Viking fan. I've been the season ticket holder my family has for 53 years. I'm a, I'm a Viking fan through and through from Minnesota. And I stood up on the couch and I screamed probably for four straight minutes because I don't even understand. This is like the peak, the pinnacle of, of, I guess, fantasy or, or having a take or, or scouting a player. It's like, if that player hits, you just feel this euphoria. And Christian Watson gave me that on Sunday. When that first play, when I saw him line up wide, first off in front of Dobbs, I was like, damn, look at this. Christian Watson starting two wide sets, baby. And then he, dusts, Patrick Peterson, which we've talked about on here was a possibility last week against Dantzler and Patterson, Peterson, both guys that, you know, Peterson's obviously 33 years old and and Dancer runs a four six. When he dusted him, I stood up arms above my head and he dropped it. I screamed, I stood on the couch and I just held my head and my fiance is actually a Packer fan. She's like, are you not a Viking fan? What the? What are you doing? And I was like, you don't understand the feeling that you get when a player like this that you love and you have scouted for eight months has hit. And it that would have just been the absolute nuts. But anyway, Christian Watson, he's still the top guy uh, at the wide receiver position right now until Lazard comes back. I'm still trusting Christian Watson. Are you going to be able to start him and start sit leagues uh, when you're starting three or four guys? Probably not. But if you're starting five receivers, like some of the patron leagues, Throw Christian Watson in as your fifth guy. There's enough upside there. Four targets last week, two for 34. Uh, you got a rushing attempt in there as well. I trust Christian Watson. I'm going to keep adding Christian Watson in seasonal leagues as well. Moving on to Denver for a quick pit stop at the tight end position. We don't need to talk about running back. It's a 50-40 split for Javante. Tight end, though, everybody's worried about Albert Okuibunam. I'm not. 64%. He was in there for 34 routes. Tomlinson had seven. Salbert had seven. And Andrew Beck had four. Four routes for Andrew Beck. Two for 52 the first couple of plays of the game, obviously. Okui Bunim just needs the reps. Reps, reps, reps. He's going to continue to grow in this offense. Trust Albert Okui Bunim. Moving on to Houston. Got a lot of worries from some patrons. Is Nico Collins dead? Is he ever going to do anything? Da-da-da-da-da. da 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 Okay, well, why don't you just go add O.J. Howard? I'm just kidding. Don't add O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard ran five routes, 15%, two catches, two... No. O.J. Howard's not going to be a thing. Brevin Jordan, 55%. O.J. Howard, 15%. Farrell Brown, 62%. It was just random luck for O.J. Howard. You're not going to get a stat line like this the rest of the season. You're not going to have him running 44 routes in the season and have 37 touchdowns. That's just not the way it's going to be. It's not how math works. Brevin Jordan's going to continue in this offense. Farrell Brown was in for 62%. He ran 14 routes. Brevin Jordan, 55%, 23 routes. So 7% less snaps for Brevin. 10 more routes for Brevin didn't get the targets, but the only person who did get targets was Brandon cooks and sexy. Rexy got eight targets in this offense. Nico Collins, another tough matchup in week two, and then it eases up for him going forward. He gets Patrick Sartan in week two. So I'm still holding my breath. Nico, not starting in this week, but I'm not cutting him. I'm not cutting Nico. The talent is there. The upside is there. The connection is there. 66%. Second, most Snapshare and the team, trust Nico, stay there. He beat up Chris Conley. Chris Conley last year was the big worry. Chris Conley had 14% in this game, only ran six routes. Chris Conley's dust. Uh, It's Brandon Cooks, it's Nico, and it's Chris Moore. Chris Moore's another guy. He got three targets, three for 46. Keep an eyeball on him. That's our, what, fourth or fifth guy to keep an eyeball on is Chris Moore. You got one right eyeball to Mike Thomas, a crackhead eyeball, and your left crack eyeball goes to Chris Moore. Uh, Just two dusty guys that, you know, if – Nico Collins doesn't hit. Chris Moore will be the guy that does get targets. If uh, Hayden Hurst doesn't hit, Mike Thomas will be the guy that gets the targets, that type of thing. Moving on to Indianapolis, we love this team. Obviously, Pittman, uh, not a lot needs to be said about Michael Pittman. He's the alpha, he's the uno, he's the dog in Indianapolis. And that's why if you go over to predictionstrike.com today, you can use that promo code UNDERWORLD and get a free player share with a deposit of $20. I sold all of my Jonathan Taylor last week, and I made 185% off my initial investment. The gobble ghoul is real on Prediction Strike. This was after week six or seven of the 2020 season when, when everyone wrote Jonathan Taylor off. He's dead in the water, da-da-da-da-da. I did some research. I watched a lot of tape, and I and I made this video up for Matt, and Matt and Nate broke it down. And I was like, man, this guy, this is all, this is all bullshit. He's just getting bad luck. Bought a shitload of Jonathan Taylor, 185%. I sold last week. What did I do with that? I bought Malik Willis because it'll be sooner than later. He takes over for Ryan Tannehill if they keep losing. We talked about this the last few weeks. And I got some JT's teammate, Michael Pittman, who I just talked about. He's already up 55% in the last week. Go over to PredictionStrike.com. Use that promo code Underworld. Get a free player share with a deposit up to $20. Continuing in Indianapolis, aside from Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce still sucks. Ashton Doolin, 36%. 16 routes, 5 in the slot. 6 targets, 3 for 46. Dropped the touchdown. Should have had about 4 for 55 and a touchdown for Ashton Doolin. Kylan Granson. Uh, the tight end that matters here. 53% for him, 53% for Mo'Ally Cox, 23 routes for Granson, 17 for Cox, 10 in the slot for Granson, seven targets, only two for Mo'Ally Cox. Mo Ali Cox is not going to hit. It's, uh, Kellen Granson finally overtook him. Now it's over. Kellen Granson's the guy. You also have a bunch of young guys like Jelani Woods and uh, Andrew Ogletree uh, who tore his ACL this year. But Granson, is the tight end here. If you're going to be targeting cheap, cheap guys on DFS, I think Granson's going to be a guy that's going to continue to get targets. If you want to talk about target rate, two targets on three routes for the big playmaker, big Mike Strong, two for 36 for Big Mike Strong, 10%. Desmond Patton was inactive. So number one is Pittman. Number two, is Alec Pierce at 48? No, sorry. Number two is Paris Campbell at 73%. Number three is Alec Pierce at 48%. None. Then you have Ashton doing 36%, but doing's like the second best receiver on the field right now. And then Strong, number five. In Jacksonville, the X is indeed Zay Jones, nine targets. Marvin Jones, six targets on 84%. Christian Kirk just owned the slot, 31 slot routes. 11 targets, 117 yards in week one, continue to trust that process. And then obviously ETN and Robinson at 49% apiece, Evan Ingram, 70% had four targets, four for 28, not a guy I really want to start right now. I think the only guy in this offense, I'm really, really eyeballing is Christian Kirk. If you can go make a trade for Christian Kirk, I think you can still buy him at a decent price in dynasty uh, potentially in seasonal. If, if somebody doesn't know what they have, or he might, I mean, yeah, I think he's owned in like 90, 97% of the league. So if he's not owned in your league, definitely have him. But um, it's definitely a guy that kind of went un- unlooked at during the offseason going off in around 10, 11, 12. Into Kansas City, the two top guys, Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, they blew this game out of the water. They got the 37-7, and then they pulled out the starters. And Isaiah Pacheco ended up being the lead carrier. Had the most rush attempts had 12 in this offense. Uh, but that was a lot of fourth-quarter work for Isaiah Pacheco. Clyde did look well in the first half, but... Jarek McKinnon led the team with four targets out of the backfield, had 36% of snaps, led the running backs, uh, and McKinnon's going to continue to be the satellite guy. Clyde had three targets, three receptions, 32 yards, and a couple scores. Pacheco, the worry, the only worry I have, Matt talked about this earlier this week, the worry I have with Clyde is they got up and then they pulled him. So they're either they don't trust him as the guy that's gonna melt the clock away, which Obviously, you're going to bring the 210 pounder and Isaiah Pacheco. So if you expect them to win a lot of games, you can't expect Clyde to get a lot of work. 50% tops, unless they're losing some games. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. But Pacheco does leave it interesting. A lot of people said that Pacheco would be an inactive. He'd be the extra guy. It ended up being Ronald Jones as the inactive. So that's where I'm looking at right now. Jarek McKinnon is the satellite, though. If you're in a pinch, if you're in a pinch, he's running the routes and he's getting the targets. Go to Las Vegas Raiders. Devonte Adams had 17 targets in his debut with the Las Vegas Raiders out of the backfield. It was not Zamir White. Zamir White didn't do a damn thing. Brandon Bolden had 27%. Amir Abdullah 10%. And Josh Jacobs had almost all the carries. 10 carries for 57 yards for the Raiders in a, in a negative game script game. Jacobs didn't look terrible. I like to see what it looks like when the Raiders are winning a game, but we didn't get to see that with the Chargers today. The Chargers. Played the Raiders and Austin Eckler had forty eight percent. The Chargers won this game. Forty eight percent of snaps for Austin Eckler, twenty two percent for Kelly, twenty two percent for Sony Michelle. Fourteen carries on the ground, four targets for Austin Eckler, the number three consensus player in drafts this year on ESPN. Puke. I I love Austin Eckler, but puke at that value. I told Matt this last week when we were in Vegas. I said, dude, Austin Eckler might be the worst first round pick you can have this year. It just doesn't make sense. He was on the show last year with Matt and said, we want to bring somebody in so that I don't have to have the the 90% workload. Week one, 50%, Josh Kelly, Sonny Michelle split in the back, the number two spot. You got to love it. Mike Williams, the top dog here, four targets. A lot of guys had four targets in this offense. Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Carter, Trey McKitty, Austin Eckler. It's like the whole team had four targets. Uh, so they're spreading the ball around. You never know who they're going to go to. Who am I targeting? This is my sixth eye. My sixth guy to watch this week is Trey McKitty at the tight end position. Gerald Everett. Everyone's adding Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett's the guy. Gerald Everett's the lead guy. Trey McKitty was good in college. Trey McKitty was looked at as potentially the next the tight end in this offense after Donald Parham and James, and Jared Cook. They brought in Gerald Everett this year, but Trey McKitty profiles very similar to Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett 60%, Trey McKitty 51%, 23 routes for Everett, 12 for McKitty. Again, this is some of McKitty's first action on the field in his career. So McKitty's just getting warmed up here. He did have four targets, three for 24 in this game, where Everett had four targets, three for 54. In Dynasty, Go add Trey McKitty. He's been cut. He was a rookie last year. People didn't see anything from him, so they probably cut him if they don't have taxi. Go add Trey McKitty in your deep dynasty leagues. That's your sixth guy to watch entering week two. He's probably not going to do a lot, but you got to keep watching him. Keenan Allen's probably going to miss this week and maybe a couple more. DeAndre Carter should see an upstick 34% last week, uh, nine slot routes. Four targets, three for 64 for DeAndre Carter. He should move up, but I think the number three in this offense is going to be Gerald Everett. The number two is Josh Palmer. The number one is big Mike Williams. This should be the week. I think you hammer Mike Williams in all formats, uh, starting Dynasty, Redraft, DFS, props. You just hit them all. I think you have to. He's going to be a guy that should get 8, 9, 10 targets, unless Herbert decides to you know give everybody else four targets once again. A couple more to look at here. The Minnesota Vikings' tight end position. Irv Smith, I'm ready to cut him. O'Connell said that Irv Smith is probably not going to have a lot of feature in this offense unless the game is scripted for it. They're not going to script for him, obviously. This was the writing on the wall that we should have seen all offseason. That was Johnny Munt. They brought Johnny Munt over from the L.A. Rams. He's been with the Rams for, I don't know, four or five years. I can't even recall off my mind because I really don't care about Johnny Munt. But Johnny Munt comes over. 56% snap share. Fifteen routes, three targets, including the first target of the game was a boot action to Johnny Munt. Three targets, three for seventeen. Irv Smith, zero receptions on two targets, and a twenty-six percent share. Where Ben Ellifson, shout out North Dakota State, worst school in the north in the Midwest, twenty-one percent snap share on thirteen snaps. He got a target and he caught the ball for two yards. Irv Smith, five percent more snaps than. Ben Ellefson, 30% less than Johnny Munt. Irv Smith is cuttable at this point in almost every format of redraft. Uh, Dynasty, I guess you can still hold out because you, you, you're pretty much dead in the water with what you paid for him. If you can still hold him, hold him. If you can't, cut him. doesn't really matter. New England running back field: 37% for Damian Harris, 33% for Ty Montgomery, 25% for Ramondre Stevenson. The cheapest guy this year might pay off again. Ty Montgomery, Four targets, three receptions, 15 yards. Two carries for negative two. Ramondre, eight for 25. Damian Harris, nine for 48. Right now, this offense looks very dysfunctional. Uh, Jacoby Myers is getting his his work. Six targets, four for 55. Kendrick Bourne was late to a meeting, so he only had three snaps on Sunday. One reception for 41 yards. Uh, Kendrick Bourne feels like he should be the number two guy in this offense. We saw it last year. He caught the touchdowns. Um, he's better than Devontae Parker. Uh, Hunter Henry had... 77% John who had 66%. But outside of those two guys at tight end, it's Jacoby at receiver and Kendrick Bourne show up to your fucking meetings, dude. Come on. Three snaps, 5%, one ball for 41 yards. Kendrick Bourne. Uh, if he stores up to his meetings, I guess you can play him. If he doesn't, I guess you can't new Orleans, Olave Landry, Thomas best trio in the NFL outside of, uh, probably outside of it's close. I mean, I. If Thomas wasn't so old, if Landry wasn't so old, I think you'd have an argument with Cincinnati, uh, with Boyd and Chase and Higgins. I think think this trio is altogether, as a full trio, better than Thielen, Jefferson, and Osborne. I don't think they're quite up to Cincinnati's level. Obviously, Jefferson's the best receiver in football, in my opinion, but the age with Thielen, et cetera. Landry's got all the juice he still had. He looked good. Thomas one reception for 40 yards on four targets through the first three quarters. And then all of a sudden Atlanta was like, Hey man, you know, we're winning. We're just going to decide to, uh, you know, throw this bitch in neutral and, uh, just see how everything goes. And you can't do that against Jameis Winston. That's like the OG of garbage time. And, uh, yeah, one for four, four targets for Michael Thomas, the first three quarters, four for 54 and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Come on. Michael Thomas is back. Uh, if, as long as he stays healthy, he's back. 58% snaps, and he turned the Jets on in the fourth quarter. Jarvis Landry, like I said, he's got the juice. And Chris Olave, Chris Olave watching this game with Landry and Thomas making plays. Olave was was in and out of every break. He looked great. 3 for 41 he caught a two-point conversion. Uh, that same route that everyone has seen on Twitter uh, at Ohio State, they brought that to New Orleans. He ran that on the two-point conversion. It was a phenomenal uh, in-out breaking route where he caught it going out to the sideline. Beautiful play. Olave He's a ticking time bomb when it comes to fantasy. At tight end, there's only one guy here, Adam Troutman, five routes, 40% of snaps. He's a run-blocking tight end, period. I talked about this on TikTok. Go over to TikTok, follow player profiler. I'm on there now. 71% of snaps for Juwan Johnson, who last year we talked about. Last year we talked about him. And he had that big two touchdown game in week one or week two. Seventy-one percent, eighteen slot routes, twenty-seven total routes, two receptions for forty-three yards. Twenty-seven routes is fourth on the team, behind Olave Landry and Thomas. More than Kamara. Kamara did not look great. He looked like he just didn't have the juice this week. Mark Ingram was in for twenty-nine percent. Kamara sixty-one percent. I'm uh, I'm not really worried about Kamara. I just he didn't didn't look like he fit well in the offense this week. It was kind of odd, but also a weird game script. So it makes sense. In New York, Saquon's back. And Sterling Shepard is the number one receiver in this offense. Um, four targets, two for 71. He's healthy. He's back. Richie James, the last guy, the seventh guy to keep your eyeball open on. Richie James, 73% tied with Kenny Galladay for the highest snaps share. Had six targets. Led the team five for 59. Richie James right now, as long as Kadarius Toney is not playing, as long as he's in the doghouse, you can play Richie James. As long as Kadarius Tony is not playing, you can play Richie James with confidence. That feels terrible to say, but you can do it. Kadarius Tony was walking on the sideline. He caught he caught a ball, um, and he just—I don't know what the deal is. But it, we saw this with Ayuk last year when he's in the doghouse. He didn't get any usage. I don't know how Dayball is going to going to operate and, and figure this out. But if they trade him, Richie James wheels up. If they don't, and they just give Kadarius Tony six snaps a game, Richie James is going to be up to 44. you got to take advantage of that usage, and that's Richie James. Like I said before, in these deep leagues where you start five receivers, he can be your fifth guy with that usage if Kadarius is out. Bellinger didn't do anything, but he had 51% of snaps, more than 23% for Tanner Hudson, and 23% for Chris Byrick. It's a rookie. I love Daniel Bellinger. I think he's a doppelganger to Dalton Schultz, but... Uh, it's 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 tough. It's going to be tough sledding, especially with uh, the talent. Uh, the, the I think Saquon obviously just a feature of this offense. Everything else is, is going to be sticky, sticky, sticky. Let's move on to Pittsburgh. Jalen Warren, Benny Snell. 38% snaps for Jalen Warren, 0% for Benny Snell. We had a couple carries for Jalen Warren. Najee goes out. If Najee does not play this week, it's obviously Jalen Warren. That seems to be the waiver of the week, I think. Najee sounds like he's going to be back, but uh, this list Frank thing preseason and then injuring an ankle in week one, it's a its a matter of time. I don't care if he plays this week. Go add Jalen Warren. You have to, and you have to put a big bid on him, probably 10% minimum, uh, upwards to 25% if you're really in dire straits at the running back position. Number three receiver in Seattle, Marquise Goodwin, D. Eskridge, Derek Young, 20 snaps for Marquise Goodwin, six for D. Eskridge, four for Derek Young. It's up to Derek Young and D. escridge if they're going to overtake Marquise Goodwin because he's he's about as dusty as you can get. He, he, he didn't do a damn thing on Monday Night Football. So uh, moving on to Tennessee. We're just about done here. A couple more teams to run through and then we'll be done. I appreciate all you guys in the comments. I see a whole boatload of comments going on here. I'm going to answer a couple of these at the end. Make sure to click that like, click that subscribe, and click that join button on the Underworld Army. Also. This afternoon, 7 p.m. every single day, Jack Cavanaugh is going to be live on here doing the Player Profiler Today show. Make sure you tune in. He's going to be talking through everything you need to know in NFL, in fantasy, on Twitter, in the news, tools of the day on Player Profiler. He's going to be going through all of it, so make sure you tap into Jack on Player Profiler Today, 7 p.m. Eastern time every single day. Click that like, click that subscribe, turn the bell on, and you will know when the boy is live. Now, Tennessee. Bobby Trees, 67% of snaps, 65 for Nick Westbrook, 37 for Kyle Phillips, 36 for Traylon Burks. Kyle Phillips looked like the best receiver on the field. Nine targets, six for 66. There was rumors he could be Hunter Renfro. There was thought he could be Wes Welker. There was even feeling he could be Julian Edelman. Well, week one, rookie from UCLA, six for 66 on nine targets, 11 of the 17 routes. Nine targets on 17 routes for Kyle Phillips. Add him. What are you waiting for? I drafted him in the FFWC. I drafted him a few redraft leagues. Add him. Robert Woods does not look like he's 100% healthy like he says he is. Nick Westbrook, still overrated, as we talked about in 2021 on this show. And Traylon Burks, man, five targets, three for 55. Another ticking time bomb like I talked about with Chris Olave. Burks, there was somebody I came I wish I could give credit. I tweeted it out though. I quote tweeted the video. There was a video that went out with Traylon Burks, all five of his targets. He caught three for 55. They doubled him on almost every play except for one. He had one deep ball. If he catches it, you guys aren't even talking. It's full for 100, and his stat line looks great. 36% of snaps for Traylon Burks. Yes, we knew it was going to be a slow start, but Traylon Burks, ticking time bomb. Go get him. Moving on to San Francisco. Uh, Prefer Marlon Mack to Jordan Mason. Prefer Jordan Mason to Jeff Wilson. That's my order. Danny Gray was inactive. Uh, Juwan Jennings got 12 slot routes. Five targets, four for 62. He looked great. Rashad White must be owned in all formats. Uh, Greater than 18 roster shots. Must. Julio Jones is not dust. Finishing it out with one guy. Who have we not talked about yet today? Johannes? Johannes, do you know in the comments? I know you're in the comments. I haven't even looked at the comments yet today, but I know Johannes is in the comments. There's one guy we've yet to talk about, and we're going to have a little bit of a celebration. It's not going to be a dance party, but it's going to be a little bit of a celebration because... But Brian Robinson didn't play. You can't even you can't even be happy because Brian Robinson didn't play. So you had a bad take and now it paid off because Brian Robinson didn't play. Nah, you're wrong, fam. This is the hyper athlete, the super dog, the OG of the backfield in Washington. Y'all must have forgot because I tell you what, J D. McKissick stat line. Yeah, he was in for forty two percent of the snaps, but you know what he did with it? Eighteen routes three targets, three receptions, 20 yards, three carries, eight yards, dust, dust. I'm sorry, JD McKissick, 62% for Antonio Gibson. You know who that equals? This The split right here, 62%. DeAndre Swift, the same split, higher snapshare, higher, higher snapshot than Austin Eckler. Washington looked good. Curtis Samuel, uh, a savage. Obviously, we talked about Curtis Samuel before, but the main conversation has to be Antonio Gibson. He had another top 15 week this week. Seven targets, seven receptions, 72 yards because he is the dog at the running back position. He's only a receiver in college. He can't, he can't, he's not a good running back. 14 for 58, seven for 72, 21 for 130. 21 touches for 130 yards. For Antonio Gibson, how about that kick return, punt return narrative, huh? How about it? How about it? 21 for 130. Tell you who's not going to do that. That's Brian Robbins And you know what this story reminds me? I hate to get in my soapbox here, but this reminds me a lot of that Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones comparison. Because if you compare it, we know what the prospect is of Leonard Fournette. We knew what kind of hyper-athlete Leonard Fournette was coming out of LSU and what kind of a prospect and talent and athlete. And everybody roared him off when he left Jacksonville. But he comes into Tampa and they go, oh, it's not Leonard Fournette. He's not going to do shit. It's going to be Ronald Jones. The difference is Ronald Jones didn't get shot in the leg. Ronald Jones played a little bit. He made a play or two. And then he ended up, what, getting cut. And now he's gone. He's in Kansas City and he's inactive. And who reigns supreme? Leonard Fournette because he's the superior talent, prospect, athlete, across the board, better receiver, led the league in what receptions or targets last year. Not a lot needs to be said. All right. 21 touches, 130 yards for Antonio Gibson, the supreme talent in the Washington backfield. You can take to the bank. You didn't draft him in the seventh. You didn't draft him in the eighth. You didn't draft him in the ninth. You didn't draft him in the 10th, but I did. I even got him after pick 100 multiple times. So you're wrong. Eat dust. Undercovered ops. Out.